Blog Talk Radio. Miriam, Leah, Esther, Rachel. Did you know there are over 700 women mentioned in the Bible and that over 100 of those are named? According to one author, over 75 women in the Protestant Bible speak, with the Shulamite woman from Song of Solomon, Naomi, and Hannah included on the list of 10 women who speak the most in the Bible, and Jesus' longest conversation described in the Gospels with a woman at the well. Many of the Bible's women could be considered heroes. Moses' sister Miriam, Rahab, a spy who helped the Israelites conquer Jericho, the young widow Ruth, who was devoted to her mother-in-law, Esther, a Jewish queen who prevented the extermination of her people. And Jesus' mother, Luke 128 described as the one the angels greeted saying, you who are highly favored. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Reaching Out Radio International, where we are reaching out to be the hands and feet of Jesus, working in love and unity, one mind and one accord for the cause of Christ. And I'm so excited tonight to be kicking off a new program. And it's very special to me. And the new program that we're kicking off tonight is Women United for Christ. And I'm hoping my dear sisters, Prophetess Carmen and Sister Pearl, can you hear me? I hear you fine. Thank you. Praise God. I want to start off with praying over the airways. I'm telling you, God's got a purpose in this broadcast tonight because the enemy's been attacking all day from my little baby getting hurt to my laptop crashing to not connecting to the studio tonight. So I'm saying Satan is a liar. Father God, I just ask tonight Mm -hmm. for a hedge of protection, dear God, to come over the airways, dear God. Lord, I'm asking, dear God, that you just let everything run smoothly tonight, dear God. Lord, Father God, I'm just trusting you that your will will be done tonight. For without your will and your anointing, Father God, we are are nothing, Lord God. We just want to glorify you. We want to share the gospel, Father God, and encourage other sisters in Christ as women of faith, dear God. And may we grow together and learn from one another, Father God. And I just glorify you that we're here tonight. I say Satan is a liar. We're pushing on. And I'm just getting up, shaking off the dust, dear God, and I'm just going to go forth and let the Spirit lead tonight, be refreshed and renewed. And I just give God all the glory in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Welcome, all my beautiful sisters. Um, I'm praying for my cousin as well. I have been trying to reach her all day, and I have had no response. She was supposed to be on tonight. I'm not sure what's going on there, so I pray to hear from her soon. So it will be myself, I'll start off, then Prophetess Carmen, and then you, Sister Pearl, and then we'll just let go and let the Spirit lead. Um, The first program God put on my heart to speak about was some of the women of the Bible. And so many times women aren't acknowledged as much as they should have been for the way that God used them. And it's really powerful to me and studying, but the one that resonated to me and stood out to me is Sarah. Sarah, the wife of Abraham, became a mother of nations, and kings came from her. That's so powerful. Kings came from Sarah. You may ask, who was this unique woman of faith, and what could we learn from her? Sarah is the only woman in the Bible whose name was changed by God. God changed her name to signify her as a princess to all. Why did his name change occur? God reveals that answer to us in the word. And he said Sarah would be blessed and also would give you Abraham, a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nation. King of peoples shall be from her. And that's exciting to me. And one of the things I really like about talking about Sarah is her faith. And it resonates to me because of the situation with our baby boy we're adopting. Because my husband and I had faith for over 13 years. And there was times we thought, well, maybe it's not God's plan, but it was spoken into our life that we would have a child together. It was just in a way we didn't anticipate. But we kept our faith, we prayed, and we waited on God's timing. And now we have this precious little boy 
Noah. So that's why I could really relate to Sarah. Sarah in the Bible, a princess. Sarah was blessed by God to become a royal princess. Hallelujah. She would be a mother of nations to come. She would also be a mother of kings of peoples. Royal lineages would come from her. She would be the mother of the royal line of King David from which the Savior would come. Hallelujah. That's exciting to me. Sarah was promised a son, and his name was to be called Isaac. God would establish his covenant with him as he did with Abraham for an everlasting covenant. And God would also establish his covenant with the descendants of Isaac. And one thing about God is he does keep his word. He is faithful and true to us. And I know I serve a God that never leaves me or forsakes me. And he always has kept his word to me, kept his promises to me, and his timing has always been perfect. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel a witness in my spirit. I'm just already being blessed. God said to Isaac in Genesis 26, 3 and 4, Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to you descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Praise God. God is That just blesses me because God is finding favor on them. If you're really paying attention to the promises, God said he would multiply as the stars of heaven. And he would give all the descendants the lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And that's the kind of God that we serve. He increases when we sow our seeds or when we put in our work and we move in faith and we do things to glorify him. He increases our ministry. He he increases our health. He does things in our life that we could never imagine. And I just love him so much because he's such a faithful God. Hallelujah. And Sarah had faith in God's promises. Sarah had been unable to have children for many years. And Sarah decided to give her a handmaid, Hagar, to her husband in order to obtain children by her. This was not how God intended to give Abraham and Sarah an heir, but was a mistake from which they learned to more fully trust in God. And how many of us, brothers and sisters, within our own lives are guilty of that? How many of us want to do things in our will? We, we we lose our faith. Our faith gets shaken, and we want to walk before God's timing, and we want to do things to please ourselves in the flesh instead of God our Father. And many times the outcome is very devastating to our life. It leads to destruction, and it gets us into a place sometimes that's really hard to get back out of. Once Hagar had Ishmael, Abraham's first son, Hagar despised Sarah, and in return, Sarah dealt harshly with her handmaid. Years passed, and Ishmael grew and had a relationship with his father, and still Sarah remained childless. Finally, when she was 90 years old, God again promised her a son. 90 years old, and God is coming to Sarah, promising her a son. Could you imagine, sisters, being 90 years old? And God's telling you, you're going to have a child. At first, she laughed, 
And God told Abraham, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And see, Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child, since I am old? She's lacking faith there, brothers and sisters, because God had given her the promise of having her son. But she moved before God, and her faith was shaken. And we have to remember that God can do anything. God is not hindered by physical limits as in regards to Sarah's age. God can do anything. He transcends all things. Hallelujah. And that is why he dogmatically stated at the appointed time, at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. In spite of the initial laugh, Sarah came to truly believe God could and would do what he said. See, she started to think upon things, and I truly believe she prayed upon things, and she remembered her God is faithful, and and God keeps his promises. And by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child. And when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised, therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is on the seashores. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. And you can find scripture reference there in Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 12. And again, you see God returned the promise that he spoke to him there because he did multiply them as many as the stars hallelujah one act of believing faith can have long-lasting ramifications from sarah's son isaac came countless multitudes and nations and kings sarah in the bible is a symbol of the new covenant the apostle paul refers to sarah as the free woman in galatians 4 and what did he mean by that In the early years of Isaac's life, he was scoffed at by Hagar's son, Ishmael. Therefore, she, Sarah, said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. God told Abraham to listen to Sarah. Paul used this situation as a symbolic of the spiritual inheritance that God offers. Praise be to God. See, God's promise was not fulfilled by Abraham and Sarah's efforts or their plan to have a child through Hagar. By a miracle, God gave Abraham his promised heir through Sarah. I can't even begin to imagine a woman in her 90s giving birth to a son and becoming a mother. And I I can relate, too, because... I was to a place in my life where I'm a grandmother now. I have a three-year-old grandmother or three-year-old granddaughter who I love dearly. I turned 50 in May, and I was thinking, okay, I'm to the time where I'm going to sit back, relax. My husband and I could travel. You know, we could do whatever. But God had a different plan, and I had a choice when God called my husband and I to be 
Noah's parents. Was I going to walk in the will of God and take in this precious little boy in our life and start a new journey? Or was I going to decline the will of God and that little boy's life ended? And, of course, we walked in the will of God, and Noah's here alive and well, and he was not aborted. And that's such a blessing to me. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. Hagar, Sarah's handmaid, was a bondwoman and symbolized Jerusalem, which now is and is a bondage with her children. Sarah, on the other hand, was the free woman, the true wife of Abraham. And Sarah was a symbol of heavenly Jerusalem above. Jerusalem above is the mother of all of us who are born of God, children of faith and of promise. Now we, brother, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Praise be to God. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Even so, it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free woman. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. We are children of promise, as Isaac was. And Sarah and Abraham are now counted as our ancestors in faith. That should excite us, brothers and sisters, our ancestors in faith. Hallelujah. If we have faith, they will be counted as the parents of many believing nations. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. As a brief summary, through faith... Sarah received the miracle of being able to conceive a child in her old age. And she bore to Abraham a son of promise, Isaac. She became the mother of many nations and the mother of a royal line of kings. She became a symbolic type of Jerusalem above. Sarah was a free woman, a symbolic mother of the child of promise a mother of heirs of the promises given by God to Abraham, and a mother of children who would enter into the new covenant with God. Sarah's example for Christian women of faith today, like myself and my sisters that are on with me tonight, as a wife and a mother, Sarah set an example that Christian women are admonished to follow. Do not let your abhorment be merely outward. Rather, let it be to the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves 
being submissive to their own husband as Pharaoh obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. The holy women of God adorn themselves with a meek and quiet spirit. And they were submissive to their husbands as Sarah obeyed and respected Abraham with honor. The emphasis of this example is that women of God are to honor their husbands. As children of faith, we are all children of Abraham and Sarah. And as they did, we are to be submitting to one another in the fear of God. The prophet Isaiah was inspired to write the following. Listen to me. You who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Isaiah 51, 1 and 2. First and foremost, we look to Jesus Christ as our example that we can also learn from the life of Abraham and Sarah. What were their minds focused on? How did they live their lives in faith? What was their vision? And that is something, brothers and sisters, I would encourage you to ask in your own life. What is your mind focused on? How do you live your lives in faith? And what is your vision? The answer is found in Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Hallelujah. And I know I'm looking to that day when I'll enter into that city and get to see my Savior face to face. We are all to live all our lives in faith, eagerly awaiting the city of God, the new Jerusalem. New Jerusalem will be prepared for us and come to the earth. Revelation 21 and 4. I am getting excited in my spirit when I'm thinking about this. Hallelujah, God. We are to follow in the faith of Abraham and Sarah. We need to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Sarah's legacy as a woman of faith. She had once laughed when told that she would have a son. But her laugh was turned into a laugh of amazement, a laugh of triumph and delight when Isaac was born. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have bore him a son in his old age. Genesis 21, 5-7 Who would have said to Abraham that his wife would have a child at an advanced age? Only God. Only God could have said so and also brought it to pass. Hallelujah. And all of Sarah's children will hear her story and laugh with her through all the ages. A laugh of the triumph of faith and the mighty power of God. Sarah is truly one of the women of faith. She came to know that no obstacle is too hard for God to overcome. Nothing is too hard for God to accomplish. 
that is in the faith. Praise God. Get a hold of that. Nothing is too hard for God to accomplish that is in the faith she had. Brothers and sisters, is that faith that you have? Where is your faith in God and his promises and the things that you have believed for as you pray, brothers and sisters? And I just, I'm so blessed in sharing about Sarah tonight because God did keep his promise to her. And he showed himself to be faithful, even though they walked before him and they chose to walk in their own will. God is loving, merciful, and graceful, and he still kept his promise to them. And they had their son, Isaac. Praise be to God. And God's favor was upon their life. And as we see, Sarah was a mother to the nations, and she had a lineage of kings in her life. And I just want to encourage people. There may be things that you're waiting on that you've been praying for. Maybe you're Sarah, and maybe it's been 20 years that have gone by. Maybe it's been more years, or maybe it's only been a few years. But I want to encourage you, even with my own testimony, God is so faithful, and he is so loving. And even in ways when you have a vision and you don't see the provision, he brings it. Because in every situation with my husband and I's adoption, God has brought the funds for us. Sometimes we've had to make some sacrifices, but as God has led us in the spirit, and we've been obedient. He's been faithful. And the other day, praise God, he was faithful in the courts. He allowed this precious biological mother of Noah to sign all of her rights over to us in court. So now we have temporary custody of our son Noah as we go forth in our adoption. And just like what Sarah went through in her faith, even though we have some things ahead of us, and we have some more court dates, and there may be a few obstacles. I'm going to keep my faith in the God that I serve and know that in the end I'm going to have victory. And that's what I want to encourage you in tonight, that when you give your all to God and you surrender to him and you receive Jesus as your personal Savior, you will have victory in your life here on earth, but most of all eternally, because he made a way for us at the cross. And through him, we have the victories. We have the promises. We are the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. And that means that our lineage is to kings, praise God. We're heirs to the throne. Hallelujah. And that excites me. And I just truly could relate to Sarah and what she went through, wanting that child so badly. And I still remember being in my yard, and the doctors told my husband that he physically could not have children. That can be devastating news. So I started to pray in a different way because I felt like God had a different plan. And just like Sarah, I had to take some time back and I had to keep my faith. And I started praying to God, Father God, there are so many children that are unwanted, that are murdered, daily aborted. Father God, put it on someone's heart that's going to abort a child to place in my husband and I's hands. And God, exactly, exactly, that's what happened. I was called to the hospital. And this beautiful young lady that is very special to my husband and I found out she had a blood clot in her her lung, and she was actually to the point she could have died. And at the same time, she found out that she had, she was carrying Noah. And she asked my husband and I, she said, would you adopt this baby? She said, because if not, I will abort. And um, 
So that's what my husband and I did, and it was truly a blessing. But God has let us maintain a beautiful relationship with her. I send her pictures. In court the other day, God brought the most beautiful peace, brothers and sisters. When she went before the judge, she said she knew to me that God had called her to have this child for us. And that blesses me so because of where my faith was with God and when I prayed. And it was beautiful to me to see her have that peace, to see her tell me and the judge that she knew she made the right decision and to know that he is loved and well taken care of. My God is so faithful. My God is so just. He's always on time. So be encouraged in my little message tonight. And the ladies out there that are like Sarah, still seeking to have children, or maybe you have a desire to be married. I've got several friends that are in that place right now. Know God's timing is perfect. And he, he prepares things before we go into new seasons. Just keep plowing the field, planting the seed, even though You may be in a drought and in a season. Trust God to bring the rain and your harvest to come, brothers and sisters. And I love you all so much. God bless you. And just keep on keeping. Don't back down when God is backing you up. Because just like with Sarah and Abraham, he will be faithful to you. Glory to God. And um, my beautiful sisters, we will have a little bit of extra time. Is there anything that you would like to add in regards to... um, to Sarah and the woman of God that she was. I just, I related to her because my husband and I truly trusted for a child and years did go by 13 years, but here I am 50 years old starting again. And um, I'm actually excited in it. it. It's actually coming easier to me than when I was a younger mother, because I have more knowledge. Um, I have more understanding. I, I don't get scared at every little thing that happens because I've learned God has given me wisdom and I'm actually able to enjoy it more now. Noah is such a blessing to me. I love him so much, and I love being a new mommy all over again. God bless you, Evangelist Montel. I was just thinking what a wonderful uh, passage that you shared with us, a tremendous testimony to hear about what God did for you and your husband and your family. I just want to bless you. And congratulate you and thank God for your faithfulness. One thing I thought about when you were talking is that thank God that Sarah did receive the promise, but before she did, she tried to see what she could work out in the flesh, which, as I'm listening to your story, is different from your story. Uh, obviously, God did a sovereign work with bringing you Noah. I didn't hear anything in your story about how you try to concoct something or try to manipulate something. I think this is a great lesson to us. Uh, Sarah did try to, quote, unquote, help God out, and we know what that turned out to be. Uh, Right now, when she was, quote, unquote, helping God out, that's the whole Islamic nation uh, that came through not waiting on God's promised child. So I just want to bless you and thank God that you were able to wait, and uh, certainly we all can see the fruits of waiting and believing God. Amen. Prophetess Carmen, is there anything that you wanted to share about Sarah? Wow, it would take all night. But what I will (laughs) say is I really did enjoy your heartfelt testimony 
and what God has and what he's doing in your life and photos of, I call him Baby Noah, and he is so adorable. And I just also want to encourage you that when you shared your testimony, um, there's no doubt in my mind that everything that you need legally, court-wise, provision-wise, there's no doubt in my mind that God does not already have all of those things taken care of for you. You have favor, and we're going to get into that in the next session. (laughs) You have favor. Mm -hmm. I truly receive that and believe that because I have been seeing – I have been seeing things in ways you'd never imagine. And my husband and I aren't gamblers, but I will tell you this, this, this is how God works. Um, someone actually had felt led just to go in. They bought a dollar scratch off ticket. They won $500. They, they gave that money to my husband and I, they said they felt it wasn't for just, they just let go of it. And they said, I feel led to give this to you. That was part of our money. It was in a way we never anticipated. My husband and I were not gamblers or anything, but they chose instead of taking and spending the money, God put it on their heart to bless my husband and I, and they shared with us how it came about. And um, God will put it on people's hearts that you never imagined. Uh, Sometimes people that are greedy, sometimes people that would spend money foolishly or he can work in ways you never imagined. Like he, he has been blessing my husband and I with the provision, as you were saying, I've been seeing that in ways I never imagined from people. I never imagined even my enemy sister, God has been working on their hearts to bless my husband and I in this. And I pray for my enemies and I'll probably start to weep because to love our enemies, he says to bless those that curse us. And that's what my husband and I do in our life. And in doing so, my enemies have been blessing us. So be encouraged in that, brothers and sisters. I felt led to share that because people that truly were my enemies that came against me and the enemy had a hold of, they're truly blessing me now in my life. And I thank God for that. That is the favor of God and being faithful to God and praying without ceasing and just totally trusting God in his word and in his promises. And prophetess Prophetess Carmen, my beautiful sister, it's now time for you to, um, you can introduce yourself again and or talk about your ministry for a moment if you want. And please, ladies, be praying for my cousin because I am a little concerned because I haven't been able to reach her all, actually, the last couple of days. I've called, I've left messages, I've texted, and I, and it was several days back she said she'd be on tonight. So be thinking of her as we pray tonight and all of our listeners as well. Amen. We will definitely continue to lift her up. What is her name again? Uh, Evangelist Morgan, correct? Darlene, yes. You talking about Darlene yes. Morgan? Yes. Okay. Well, Father God, we just bless you right now, and we just thank you, Father God, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We just humbly come before you right now, and we just take this time out to lift up Evangelist Darlene. Father God, uh, her cousin is concerned about her, and we know that wherever she is, we know that she is safely in your care, and we just thank you, Father God, for allowing her to get in contact uh, with Evangelist Montel and her family so that they can know that she's okay. And we give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor, and we just speak peace be unto you, woman of God. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. Amen. And if you both could, if you could go ahead and unmute your phones. I just want to sound like we are all in one room tonight, if that's okay with you. Amen. I want to hear your amens and amen. I want to hear your mm-hmm's and all of that. <laughs> and we just give God the glory. And thank you for inviting me again, Evangelist Montel. Um, you uh, gave me the topic and subject to uh, minister on tonight out of the book of Esther to talk about Queen Esther um, as we're focusing on women uh, of the Bible. And I also want to extend my congratulations to you, not only about the adoption of Noah, baby Noah, but also for this new program that you're starting. And so congratulations on that. Uh, And as you continue to step out on faith, because you have been pouring in and pouring out into so many lives around the world. And there's no way that God is not going to allow men to pour back into a bosom in the name of Jesus. And so there's great things in store for you, woman of God. And so um, right now you have a lot that is on your plate, but you might as well get ready because there's more coming. Amen. And so uh, greetings, everyone, and greetings to you, woman of God, Pearl Corbin. It's nice to be on here with you again, woman of God, and I know God has a word that he's going to speak through you as well on tonight, and I will be brief. Um, I'm just going to go straight to what the Spirit of God has placed on my heart, and this is what I heard him say. Use your voice. Use your voice. You have favor. Um, When we think of Esther and we think about the introduction of Esther, um, it starts out with her future husband and his ex-wife, <laughs> uh, Queen Vashti, and we see him basically entertaining dignitaries and people from all 127 provinces that he was king over, that he reigned over, and we see the, the situation that happens in his marriage. And one thing I want to say uh, straight up is that a lot of times when we hear about uh, different women in the Bible who are married, there's always this notion that they're married to somebody that's like 30 and 40 years older than them. But that is not the case uh, when we look at Esther. Um, The Bible says that King Ahasuerus, he had literally only been reigning for three years. So he actually was kind of new as a king. And that's probably why he leaned extra heavily on his advisors concerning his relationship with his wife. And I joked with a few of my friends in the past, and I said, you know, if he was an older man and his wife did that, he wouldn't have to ask anybody what to go do. (laughs) They literally had to go tell him, go find another one, you know. And so I just thought that was a little funny. (laughs) He had to get advice on what to do with his wife. And so anyway. I said I want to hear y'all amens and y'all mm-hmm. Y'all can unmute your phone. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> and so I just, you know, I, I, that's one of the first introductions that we get concerning him. And so we see Esther's background as well. Uh, we see that her mother and her father had passed away and that her cousin, who was much older than her, um, the Bible says he basically adopted her. So we are in a vein of adoption on tonight. 
And so he adopted her, and her name was Hadassah. So here we are again in a name change. We have another woman in the Bible that has a name change, and her original name was Hadassah. And her cousin, who ended up adopting her, renamed her Esther. And he spoke to her basically to hide her identity, um, not to share with anyone who she was, who her family was. Um, Even once she became queen, he insisted that she continue to hide her identity and not share that information. And so as we move further and we look at Esther, the spirit of the Lord, again, he said, use your voice. Because when Esther goes into her, when we see Esther and she comes in, there are women from all over that are selected to come in and they all had to go through their purification. They all had to go through this training in order just to see the king. That didn't even guarantee that he was going to marry you, but they still had to go through this process. And so Esther, you know, although she did have favor with God, she still had to go through her process. And so she goes through one solid year six months each of her purification. And so many for many years, whenever I would read Esther and I would read about her purification, I always thought that she went through that year and, you know, maybe a month or so later, she ended up getting the chance to see the king and he was like, okay, you're going to be the queen. But in January, and Montel, Evangelist Montel did not know this, but in January, Um, The Spirit of God laid heavily on my heart to study the book of Esther. And um, that's why I said I'm going to try to be brief because it's like it's a lot of information, but I'm going to try to stick right in the area where I feel like he wanted me to go, but I want to get just a little bit of background. And so in January, he laid on my heart to study the book of Esther, and I saw things in there that I had never seen before. Um, I wept while I was reading this book. And... He began to, as I studied, I realized that I was so wrong about how long it took for her to actually see him. She had to literally wait four years. So she went through her purification for one solid year, and then she had to wait three additional years. So it was a total of four years that she had to wait before she ever got to be with him. And in one of my mentors, she said, yeah, because he had to go through all of them. And I just laughed so hard because, you know, there were other women that was from all 127 provinces that he had to see them as well. And so when it was Esther's turn, the Bible said that he loved her more than all of the other women. And he put the crown on her head. So she becomes the queen. She becomes the queen after waiting four years. She trained for one year. She had to wait an additional three years. And it seems like the Lord got us talking about waiting on here tonight because you mentioned Sarah and how they had to wait. And when God released the promise, they were 99 years old. Not What, what was it, 90, 99? They were up in their 90s. So they had to wait all of those years before they ever received the promise from the Lord. 
And then here is Esther, who it's not that she received a promise, but it didn't look like she was going to have to wait that long. I mean, I'm quite sure she didn't anticipate having to wait four years, you know. And so some of us, we feel like, okay, well, you know, I've been getting myself together. You know, I have my credit. You know, I have this, I have that. And you're expecting everything to just happen for you overnight. And there are some things that you still may have to wait on. You still may have to wait on God. Because think about it. There was going to be a purpose as to why he was going to actually make her the queen. She wasn't going to be the queen, you know, just so she could have her knight in shining armor. There was an assignment that was on this woman's life. And she was the woman for the job. And God had to, there was a set time that things were going to happen now. Can I just say this? What Haman did, he could have did that when Vashti was there. He could have did that the first year before, you know, before she was even selected to be the queen. He could have did it that first year when she was still waiting. Why did he wait? Why did, because God had a set time. There had to be a reason why God allowed her to wait. During that waiting, you got to understand, this man had just gotten, basically had just gotten a divorce. He had just gotten a divorce. And Esther was a woman of God. I truly believe that the Lord knew the right timing to bring her into his life and to bring her into his life as well. And so we see this union take place. They're in a heavenly bliss. The king is excited. He went from being selfish. He went from being narcissistic to being a person who wants to be a blessing to everybody because he throws a huge banquet. You know, when he when you look in the first chapter of Esther, you'll see that he's throwing a party initially, but it's all about himself. It's all about his kingdom. It's all about his palace. It's all about what he owns and, and about his wealth. Everyone that he invited, it, they, he basically invited them to see what he had. And then the last seven days is when he invites just the common people, and he just blesses everyone. But the whole thing was really about him. And so, but now he's with this woman of God, and now his heart has turned, and now he's all about being a blessing to other people. He's about being a blessing to his wife. You know, we don't see him deal with Esther, my God, Jesus. We don't see him deal with Esther the way he dealt with, with Queen Vashti. We see a higher level of respect because he did not do that for Queen Vashti. And as I spoke that, I've, I'm just going to flow in the prophetic. God is getting ready. And let me just say it this way. The same man was with two different women, and God did an acne in his life. In other words, where he was in the first relationship, remember, he had been reigning for only three years. So he was still kind of new at being a husband, and he was kind of new at being a king. And 
when he gets, by the time he gets with Esther, he's been reigning for seven years now. He's already went through a divorce. He's met the woman of his dreams, and he's not trying to do anything to mess that up. Because let me just say this. The party that he had in chapter one lasted for six months. For six months, his wife did not hear his voice, and she did not see his face because that's how hard he partied. That's how much he was into himself. So when we see him marry Esther, Queen Esther, we see a totally different man. And as I spoke that in my spirit, I know by faith, the Holy Ghost wants someone to know that the person that you are with, you are in a relationship, and God is going to do an acne in that man's life. What that means is God is going to make him into what you need him to be in order for you to reach your destiny, which also means that you're going to have to trust God for his timing, not yet at a Bocosa. You cannot rush things when it comes to other people's um, decisions and their choices. You can't make somebody be right where you are with God. If they still need to pray a little more, if they still have some areas that they are dealing with, you can't make them hurry up and come be with you. Amen. you you're not going to be able to change that person. You're going to have to allow God to do that acne. Uh, can someone get a dictionary? Can, some, can someone uh, open your phone or computer and get a dictionary and look up the word acne for me? That's one thing I also want to tell you. My internet my internet, okay, now it's kind of working. Hold on. I want to read the definition of acne real quick. I am not I have speaking you ready. Okay, yes, read that for me, woman of God. Okay, acne, the point at which someone or something is best, perfect, or most successful. Wow. My God. So do you see what God is saying mm-hmm. for that relationship? Mm-hmm. Someone who is believing God This is not something that is to come. This is someone that is in your life right now. You may not have been around them. You may be trying to understand what's going on. But this is a living word for somebody. This is a living word. This is a rhema word. This is a word for somebody tonight that God is going to do that acne in that individual. And when he, bring, when he puts you both back together, read that definition one more time, woman of God. That's good. Acne, the point at which someone or something is best, perfect, or most successful. So wow. when God brings them back, it's going to be better. Hallelujah. Let him do the work in the other person. Praise him in advance. Amen. Because you did hear from God. That was the Lord saying that he's going to do that. You are going to be reunited. For somebody, it is a re, you're going to be reunited. For someone, it is a marriage. My God. The next one you said, it was better. What was the second one? 
uh, something is best, perfect, or most successful. God is going to perfect that which concerns him. He is going to perfect that which concerns you. Because the scripture says, be anxious for nothing. If God was to put him in your life right now, you will be on the prayer line. Ask him for prayer. Because it would probably drive you up the wall. Or you would drive him up the wall. My God. Lord, what are you, I don't know what he's doing tonight because I, I didn't plan on going here. But I want to say this. There are some women Amen. who are new, newlywed women, and there are some women who want to be married. I, I am one of those people, okay? I, I'm not newly married. Let me, let me fix that. But I, I do believe that I heard from God on May 1st and May 2nd, and I'm going to leave that right there. But what <laughs> I will say, what I will say if some people don't understand that when you do get married, you are not single anymore. You cannot try to continue to do what you did as a single woman in ministry. You have to take that whole hat off. That is not your garment anymore. You are his helpmate. And some people got to come to the place where you are, you are able to embrace the fact that you are now his helpmate. It's, it's going to be all about him. I know somebody's not going to agree with that, but I'm not going nowhere outside the word when it comes to me delivering a word. So I'm going to stay Amen. right there. And Share so the truth. The last there. part. Amen. The last part was most successful. So guess what? What God has in mind for you in your relationship and your marriage is success. Praise God. This is going to be a success. It is not going to end in divorce. When God brought King Ahasuerus into Esther's life, there was no divorce. There is no record of him having to put her away. There is no record of it. As a matter of fact, you can actually see their relationship take a hit. The Bible does not go into detail. And and let me just hop right on over there then. Let me just hop right on over there. There came a time where five years later, they're in marital bliss. They've been married for five years. Esther's the queen. She knows, you know, everything that there is. No more, the training is over. Now she's living it. She's living in this palace with this man that she does love. This is, look, I'm going to say this again. This is not some 70-year-old man with a 20-year-old woman. This is a real love relationship. If you go back and read the book of Esther, you will see it. You will see it even in her. You definitely see it in him, but you will see it in her, and you'll be amazed at how much she loves him and the wisdom that God put in her for her spouse. And so what happened five years into this marriage, and even after she becomes queen, there is an assassination attempt on her husband, and her cousin Mordecai finds out about it. When Mordecai finds out, about it. He tells the people to let Queen Esther know 
They're able to take care of that situation. They're hanging on the gallows, but there's no reward given to Mordecai. Around that same time, Haman, which is the enemy of the Jews, the enemy of God, the enemy of the people of God, is somehow promoted. And while they're having their uh, their little drink that they're having, which is interesting, the very place where they have this drink is also uh, the very same place where he is taken away later on and hanged from the gallows. That's the place where they put the cloth around his neck and take him out later on. And so he's in here with the king. They have this conversation. He begins to talk about how, you know, he wants to annihilate this uh, certain sector of people who don't honor him and they honor God. And this all starts because Haman has this thing against Mordecai because he won't bow down to him. And so the king is okay with it. He's unaware that his wife is one of these people. (laughs) He's clueless, you know. And so and the, the crazy thing about it is Esther doesn't even know. She does not know that there is a man that is the right-hand man to her husband who basically hates her and her people. They, they have no, she has no idea. And, of course, Haman doesn't know she's a Jew. And so speeding on up, after this happens, uh, they, Haman sends this um, decree. It goes out throughout the 127 provinces which the Spirit of God is reminding me, uh, those provinces also included um, India and also Ethiopia, which is Africa. So they had a very, very large area of people that they reigned over. And so it it went all the way to all of these different places. And so everywhere uh, this letter went to, Everyone was being rallied that they are going to kill every single Jew. And I, when I studied, I'm going to tell you something. I did take the time, you know, to look up the timeline. It was a nine-month timeline from the time that Mordecai, not Mordecai, but from the time that Haman uh, had the decree sent out to the time that it actually happened. And it was like a three-month period from the time that it was released to the time that Esther goes to the king and Mordecai, I'm sorry, Haman is hanged from the gallows. And so that is important because for so many years I kept saying, well, Lord, how, how long was it? And, 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 and I, I even asked the rabbi, uh, and the rabbi would not give me the answer. He said, it's in, he said go back and read it. And so after all of these years of asking God and just not getting an answer, I guess God was saying what the rabbi was saying, look, go back and read it. And and when the Lord placed on my heart to go and study the book of Esther, I finally saw the answer. And um, I also saw the month that it happened in uh, because, you know, the Jewish calendar is different from our Gregorian calendar. And so it actually tells you. And I'm not going to give you all the answers. I want you to go and study, but I will tell you that it is a nine-month period. Um, And I I will tell you this. It was in the month of June, 
um, it was in the month of June when this whole thing happened with Mordecai. It was in the month of March um, at the time when they actually was able to, um, when they were actually able to take out the people that were trying to take them out. And so the reason why I'm speaking it to you this way is because I know that some people have questions and different things, but everything that you desire to know or that you want to know, though, when I tell you that it is in the book of Esther, anything that you want to know about Esther, anything that you want to know about the different things that happen, it is literally in that book. Um, just like how it took me all of those years. All of those years I saw that I had no idea. But it was the Spirit of God that led me to see it that way. So this is where the use your voice comes in. Use your voice. Because now that this decree has gone out, Esther doesn't know anything about it, but her cousin does. And so her cousin and all the rest of the Jews, they were already fasting, crying out, needing help, needing someone to lift their voice. My God. Needing someone to be able to speak out on their behalf because they were like, you know what? This man has had this decreasing, and we are going to be killed. And Esther is a Jew, and she is in that palace. We need her to go and lift her voice. We need her to go to her husband, go to the king on our behalf. So they get the message to Esther, and the first time she says no. The first time she says no. But the reason that she says no is not because she didn't care. It's because she did not believe that she still had favor with her husband. How do I know that? I know that because she said it. She basically let us all know when she said that he hasn't called for me in these 30 days. So that means here he go again. He's in this little phase that he did with Queen Boxy where he not, he's, whatever is going on with him, He's not speaking to his wife. So some people, I've heard people make jokes about how men don't talk. Well, guess what? We do know that King Ahasuerus was a man because he was not talking for like a month. <laughs> it's okay to laugh, ladies. <laughs> he was not talking for a month. And so <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally goes and he tells her, okay, he tells her that. And she also says, and you do know the person that goes and he doesn't call for you, you know, that, that could mean your death unless he hands out that golden scepter. So that means that she really doesn't believe it. The favor that she had when he put that crown on her head, she doesn't believe, she does not believe that she still is that girl. She doesn't believe that she's still the one that he looked at like that and that he put that crown on. She thinks that she's like, well, he hasn't called for me, so she's thinking I'm concubine. No, you're not. You're queen. You are not concubine. You are queen. Can I speak that into somebody's spirit tonight? You are not concubine. You are queen. And you have to understand God is doing that at me. He is going to do it. But you have to be patient. But you also have to move when God says move. And that is exactly what Esther did. Esther is thinking, okay, you know what? It's twofold. Now, some people may disagree with me. Bless your heart. 
I have to go with what he showed me because I've never been married before. But as I read this, he let me see something. It, it was one thing about her people, but it was another thing about her marriage. Think about it. He hasn't called for her in 30 days. That means they have not. There's been no intimacy. There's not been no kiss, no I love you, no nothing for one solid month. You can't tell me that if your husband stops talking to you after clear blue for one month, you're not going to be like a monkey in the jungle. You can't <laughs> tell me you're not going to go crazy. You're not going to think, well, he's with somebody in the office. You're going to go crazy. You're going to be, you get, you hear what I'm saying. That's you're not the truth, girl. Be sitting there. You're not going to be sitting there all dig. No, 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 no. Esther was like, okay, now, like you mentioned earlier, Evangelist, okay, she's a woman. Women may not have had a whole lot of rights, but she's still a woman and a wife. And I don't care if she knew she couldn't say nothing. You better believe she was saying it in her head. You better believe <laughs> that it was going through her mind, which concubine is he with now? <laughs> and so she's mustering up, and she says, you know what? You know what? I'm going to fast for three days. Now, he didn't even ask her to fast. She said I'm going. she wanted to fast because you got to understand her mindset, she really is not sure if he's going to hold that golden scepter out when she gets there. So she's like, I'm going to fast for three days. I'm not going to drink or eat nothing. Now, let me just say this. That's a, that's a real fast, and I'm going to leave that right there. And so she didn't drink or eat anything for three solid days, 24 hours a day for three solid days. But this is the thing. She said, if I perish, I perish. But this is what she didn't do. She didn't wait until after the fast to go see him. She actually went to see him on the second day of the fast. And she went to go see him Sorry about that. She went to see him while she was still fasting. So the fast wasn't actually over yet. She was on the third day of the fast. So what she does, she puts on all of her royal apparel. And I read this. I let the Holy Ghost take me into the scripture when I read this. It's, it's something about when the Holy Spirit takes you in the word because you see things that you didn't notice. You know, the movie makes it seem like she ran all in there. That's not how it happened. She walked in, she walked in and she lingered in the court. She lingered in the court, and she knew eventually he had to turn and see her. He turns and he sees her. Then he tells her to come. He holds out that scepter. She did not run up to that. To that throne. Now, we do know in the scripture, the Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace for it to get help in the time of trouble. So when it comes to the king of kings, we can run right up in there. Do you hear what I'm saying? You don't need to go through anybody to get to God. You could just, Amen. as a matter of fact, your, your tear is letting God know how badly you need him. Jesus. So there's nobody on this planet. I don't know why God has me talking like this tonight. There is not a living soul. There is nobody on this planet that God sees above you when it comes to getting to him. 
because God will come straight to where you are. And Thank he will jump, he will he will move right past people to get to you. Hey, that's right. You better believe that. That is how mm-hmm. special you are to God. God gave Esther wisdom because this man had been married before. Keep in mind, he is a king, and his last wife did not come when he asked for her. There is a perception that he has. There are some people, because of their past relationships, there are perceptions that they had if the last person cheated, and the last person cheated, when they get by the time they see you, their mind is thinking cheating. And you could be the sweetest person on the planet. So there was this perception. And he knew that he was with the queen. He knew he was with a queen because he made her a queen. Whatever you are, you are going to be that when they see you. They are going to see who you are in Christ Jesus. And so she comes, and I'm going to tell you what she didn't do. What she didn't do was bring up anything about what she really needed concerning her people. She said, I prepared a banquet for you. So I want you to think about this, ladies. This man has not seen his wife for 30 days. And he sees that she risked her life to just look at him. And then he thinks that, Oh, she's like everybody else. So he says, you know what? I'm going to show her how much I love her. I know it's been 30 days. You know, some men, they know they mess up. They get you roses. He knew he messed up. He says, you know what? I, I, I have not seen her in a month. I'm going to show her how much I love her. You know what? I want to give you half my kingdom. See, that's the king's way of apologizing. <laughs> the king's way of apologizing. You're going to get half the kingdom. A regular person, you know what? How about some roses? I'll take you shopping or I'll take you on a cruise, you know, depending on how much money you got. He has so much. He said, I'll just give you half my kingdom because I know I haven't called you in 30 days. I'm sorry. That was his I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Hey. And, you know, that woman said, you know what? I just want to see you. I just want you. She basically just said, I just want you. And you know what? Because I know who you like having around you. Bring Haman because see she knew Haman was the culprit. She knew he mm-hmm. was the wicked one, but she couldn't let on that she knew who this man was and what his plan was. She had to play that thing out. So she's playing it out, but at the same time she's helping her marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because this man mind is blown. First you risk your life just to look at me, and then when I offer you the kingdom, you turn me down, and then you say you want to do something for me. And my best friend, my boy, you want to give us a drinking party? That man is in heaven. He's like, I got the best woman on the planet. That's how he's looking at her. And the (laughs) thing is so amazing that when they get to the bank, well, guess what he does? He asks her again. Now, keep in mind, every time he does this, she has to bow. He holds out the scripture. Every time, even during the banquet, he holds out that scripture, and she has to say again. So she had, that's the second time that she has to tell him what she really needs and she refuses. She, she just lets him know, all I want is to see you again. See, it's a twofold thing that's happening. That marriage stuff, 
and then the people stuff is going on at the same time. And then Haman doesn't know that he's going to get got in about 24 hours. So this is the third day of the fast. So she's at the banquet fasting. Do you see how powerful that is? She fasted to the point where that man could not sleep at night. He could not go to sleep. And God allowed him to not have rest. And he didn't know what it was, but it was just God setting up things. And I, and I feel like this word is for you, Evangelist Montel, when the, the two guards that were the people who were literally at the king's door, when they began to talk about assassinating the king, the person who found out about it was Mordecai. They wrote it in the archives, but nothing was ever done for him. And so the king couldn't sleep after the fast was over. He could not sleep. He has them bring the archives. He sees in there um, what happened about the assassination. He sees the person that was responsible for turning them in. And he said, what was done for him? They said nothing. And so the next day, or now we're into the fourth day, we know that when it comes to the fourth day, we're talking about the glory of God. It was the fourth day that God, that the Lord resurrected uh, Lazarus out of that grave. So when you move into the fourth day, you're getting ready to see the glory of God in the name of Jesus. And so he comes and he said, okay, this is the fourth day. And we all, you know, you, most of you have, have read the story about the gallows being built and all of those different things. Just, I'm just going to encourage you to go and read the book of Esther because I feel like I'm just taking too much time. And so, but let me just say this to you. So he comes back to the banquet. This is the second day, but it's the fourth day. And it's the first day after the fast. I hope I didn't just confuse you. So it's the first day when the, the fast is completely over. But it's the fourth day from, from when she finally said yes to this assignment. And so Mordecai uh, is the one that this whole archive thing is about. And the king ends up talking to Mordecai before the banquet. And he says, you know, what should I do for the person, you know, that the king wants to, you know, just do something for, just wants to honor. He's thinking that it's about him. So he lists all this wonderful stuff, and the king is like, okay, make haste. You know, I need you to go do all of that for Mordecai. And so this is what I, I feel like the Spirit of God is saying to you. There are some things that have not been done for you, woman of God. Out of all the people that you have sown into through, your, through the medium of radio, online radio, and I want to say this, it has been established. God has established you in the airwaves. You, your voice, your programs, uh, your knowledge, your wisdom, all of these talents and gifts, you've been using your gifts, and the gifts are for free, but God is moving you into the area where you are going to receive a fee because he wants you to go forth in your talents. I want you to know that God has heard your voice concerning your singing voice. There are prayers that we pray. Sometimes we pray them out, and sometimes it is a desire within. And God has seen your heart's desire. He's seen that secret heart. There's a voice 
that God has waiting on you. And in this season, thus saith the Lord, you're going to go forth and you're going to sing for my glory. And he's moving you more deeper into the prophetic music in music. Thank you, Jesus. My God, lift your hands if you can. Lift a finger, lift something. There are some keys that God has placed in your hands. There's a scripture that says that whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. There is prophetic fire. He is giving you some keys. And there are some people who are going to be resurrected through song in your life, through your voice, my God. God, I thank you for the keys, the keys. My God, there is, uh, he's reminded me two things. One is uh, Kim Walker Smith. I was listening to her. Uh, before I came on tonight, and there is a, I, I just love her voice. It's like there is resurrection in that woman's voice. And I was listening to Fresh Out Porn because that's a, one of the songs the Spirit of God laid on my heart. And I was thinking about you then. And as I was, uh, as he was bringing to my remembrance just the different things that I had read and studied about Esther, when it got to the part about Mordecai, I saw your face. And Mordecai, there was nothing that had been done for him. But that all changed. My God, when that fast was over on the fourth day, the first day that it was completely over, that is the day that God exalted him. That is the day that the very enemy, and you said earlier that your God has been using your enemies to bless you. I want you to know, that the blessing that came on this man is he ended up receiving the very estate of Haman because the king gave it to Esther, and guess who (laughs) Esther gave it to? She gave it to her cousin. There is a family blessing on the way to you, woman of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it may not have your name on it, but someone is going to pass that thing on. Lobo Shabraman Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. It may not have you, but God has you in mind for it. Jesus. He has you in mind. And I want you to know you have transferred over because you are now receiving the wealth of the wicked. That's why those people had to give you that ticket. Because that represents the wealth of the wicked. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. My God. Thank you, Jesus. And he said the just shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something, God, God has placed you in the prophetic ministry, but he, he is, that music is, you have a, I, I personally know this about you, so this is not something that I'm picking up, but he is giving me this to share with you, because you and I have never talked about prophetic worship, we've never talked about prophetic music, we really have never talked about really music at all. But I just know that that is something that you love because I know that you, you know, you share that you're a singer and your music. But right on this line right now, I saw keys in your right hand, the <laughs> prophetic, and God is your voice. I'm telling you, 
There are some songs that are going to come forth out of your voice. Some circumstances are going to change. He's going to let you decree through song. You're going to sing decrees, and circumstances are going to change. And what was not done for you in your last season is coming to you in heat in the name of Jesus. My God, yes, we give your name the praise. We thank you for your word, God. And so that happened. That happened, my God. And God, I just thank you for her singing voice. I thank you, the prophetic that ushers in edification for the church. You told us, Father God, that in your word, you you talked about that in the last days, hallelujah, that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. You said your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That scripture is about every person breathing. Everyone breathing has the ability to prophesy. It is not just given to the office of the prophet. It is a whole nother function when prophets do what they do. But anyone has the ability to prophesy, not because somebody is going to take them and train them, but because of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that he's pouring out his spirit, and that is how you're going to prophesy. My God, we give your name to praise. It is not by might, nor is it by power. But it is by the spirit. When somebody is getting ready to commit suicide, you don't got time to go do no five-year class. Hallelujah. You don't have time to go through no prophetic training if somebody is about to jump off a bridge, if somebody is almost about to be dead. You don't have time. The Holy Ghost wants vessels right now. Let him fix you. He just says, come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. And so that happened. And God, I just thank you for a flow that has never been done before. If you think about it, if if there's a flow in a river, the flow never is the same. It can't be because it's flow. It's a flow. Keep us in a place, Father God, where your word says, the pure in heart shall see God. I, de- I thank you that your daughter, she has a pure heart. And I thank you that she sees you. Your word says, the pure in heart shall see God. God, I thank you that we see you. You. you say we could decree a thing and it shall be established. We are not in a woe is me season. We are in a here and my season. Praise God. Here I am. And so that happens to the man of God. Esther gives it to him. And then when they go into that that second day after he, you know, takes him on the horse ride and he's just heralding who Mordecai is and Mordecai has that royal apparel, the king is like, they like, look, you need to hurry up and get to that banquet. He hurries up, he gets to that banquet. And this is when he holds it out again. This is when Esther says that she wanted her life and the life of her people. He, her husband is like, what are you talking about? And she says it is this wicked Haman. And for the first time, the thing that she has held in, she finally lets out. 
This woman held this in all that time. There are some people listening. You have been holding in what God has been telling you to say. You've been holding it in. Some people have been holding it in because they think somebody is going to be able to have more power to take them out. Somebody you're holding it in because of fear for other reasons. Somebody else you're concerned of if, if you're going to lose your friends, if you're going to lose this, if you're going to lose that. And this woman was holding it in. But in this case, the first time she didn't want to say anything, then she made her mind up, you know what, if I perish, I perish. But even after that, even after she fasted, the first day, the, the last day, she still, had, she still held it in. She held it in. The whole time, I'm quite sure she was feeling all sorts of things. That next day, she finally let it out. There are some people God is releasing you in this hour to go forth and to preach the gospel. There are different mediums now, and he just wants you. He wants to use your voice. God wants to use your voice, and he wants you to know that he sees you the same way when you first came to him. He sees you the same way you were, regardless of what you've done, what you've been through. He still wants you to know that you have favor, that what he placed on your life, he did not take it off of you. You still are a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. God's hand is still on your life. You may have gone through abuse. You may have gone through some situations that have made you feel like there is no value in you. Oh, my God, I feel this word. Esther had been through a lot of pain from losing her mom and her dad, and she probably felt like that she was not going to have much of a life. She actually lived in Shushan, which is where the palace was. So she would be about her business and just doing normal things as a young woman. She would see that palace. But I bet you she never thought that she would actually be the queen of the palace. And so she used her voice. They took Haman out, but guess what? The decree that he wrote about them was not taken out. And so it started in the month of April. During between April and June, the end of June, there was a 30-day period that she didn't even see her husband. And then three days later, she sees him for the first time, which is 33 Jesus, that's the the age Jesus was when he died on the cross and was resurrected, 33 years old. So it was 33 days. On the 33rd day is when she finally saw her husband for the first time in all that time. And as you look at their story, you see them getting closer and closer and closer to now. He's saying, honey, you write the new decree. I mean, they're having conversations. He's letting her do kingdom business. He's letting her be right by his side and make decisions that normally he would be making. And then he signs it with his signet. In every province, 127 provinces, including India, Ethiopia, which is Africa, all of those provinces, they were told, hey, 
when this thing happens in the month of March, because it was March the 7th, and according to our calendar, it happened on March the 7th. So nine whole months from April all the way to March, that is nine months that these people are dreading that they're going to be killed on March the 7th. They're thinking they're going to be killed. But when Esther and Mordecai, really Mordecai is the one that really wrote the decree. He writes the decree, him and Esther together, and that was in the month of June. So they have from June all the way to March. That is the time period. And the people, they basically strapped themselves. Not only did they take out so many people on March, some people rested on the eighth day. And I'm going to tell you something. One thing that I will say about Esther is that she went through her training. Her, her original name was Hadassah. It was changed to Esther. But this woman turned gangster. She remained a lady. She had her royal apparel on. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a, a little joke. I thought about this before this program. One of my uh, friends, he introduced me to this show called Ozark. And I am a fan of Jason Bateman. And I ain't going to go into everything, but I was like a little background actor for, for the show that he was doing a few years ago. And so um, so I'm, I'm a fan of Jason Bateman. And I, this whole time, whenever I would hear about Ozark, I always thought that it was a comedy, you know, because I know he does a lot of comedy. And my friend, he was like, no. <laughs> he was like, no, that's not a comedy. And so it was a lot of stuff in there that I could not look at because it was a lot of stuff in there. But it was the storyline was good. But there is this lady in this show that from the beginning, she just looked like this sweet lady. But by the end of this show, she is a gangster. She is an absolute gangster. And that is kind of what happened with Esther. When we look at Hadassah, you know, we see her, this sweet girl. You know, she's just this obedient wife. And, you know, we see her turn into a raw gangster because her husband, after everybody, everybody got annihilated, right? All the people who hated Jews and who wanted to kill the Jews, they got taken out. He asked his wife, he said, is there anything else you want? She said, yep, yeah, I want you to get every last one of Haman's sons, and I want you to hang them on the gallows. Keep in mind, they was already dead, okay? Then she said, and I want to do the same thing we did today. The same thing we did yesterday, I want to do that again today. So she was saying, I want y'all to go out and kill everybody that want to kill Jews. And they killed a whole bunch of more people. When I started, I said, you know what, her name, I'm calling her Hudassa. <laughs> it's okay to laugh, ladies. Um, mute your phone. I said, I'm going to call her Hudassa because the hood came out of her. She already lived in Shushan. You know, Shushan, you know, every area has a has a thug area, has a ghetto area. I think she was in the hood part of Shushan because that lady said, okay, I want you to hang them on the ghetto. They was already dead. So she is, you have to be in a certain type of, y'all didn't laugh. I want to try to laugh. <laughs> and so you have to be in a certain type of state of mind to want to have someone killed again. You have to be in a certain type of state of mind. And so when I saw that, I said, this woman, 
whoever she had been holding, whatever she had been holding in, that woman let it all out. She let it all out. And so they celebrated on March the 9th. According to the Gregorian calendar, everything, every, the dates that I'm giving you, they're all from our calendar. You can go back and read the book of Esther, and you can see uh, what the dates are and everything according to the Jewish calendar. But from that time, even till now, Purim is still celebrated. And so that celebration was an amazing, amazing time that they give gifts to people. They feed the poor. And there was a, a mighty woman of God, a, a pastor, a dear friend of mine who lives over in Virginia. And she had no, I don't even know if she knew this or not, but um, I had saw a post that she did uh, literally on the day of Purim. And what she was doing is they were feeding the poor in their area. And um, I, I, I reached out to her and I let her know, you are hearing from God. I said, do you not know that today is Purim? I said, this is what Esther did. I said, this is what they did. And her name is Pastor Lisa Vini. And so um, when I, I saw that, I was just so amazed. I said, you are hearing from heaven. That is God that literally led you to do that. And so I just thought that was so amazing. But I want to encourage everyone on tonight. I think I probably went past my time. And so, but I want to encourage everyone tonight, use your voice. Use your voice. You have favor. And I want to leave you with this, uh, this final this scripture that the Spirit of God put on my heart. And like I said, my internet, um, my internet was messing up. Can one of you get Proverbs 31 for me and read verse 8 through 9 for me? It's Proverbs 31, verse 8 through 9. Um, the Spirit of God gave me that scripture, and um, I just want to close out with that scripture real quick, if we can. Proverbs 31, 8 to 9. Speak up for those yes. who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. My God, my God. That is the word that he gave me. He wants us to use our voice. And as she just read, he wants us to he wants us to use our voice and speak up for the ones who don't have a voice. And I just thank you again, Evangelist Montel, for the opportunity. Thank you so much for blessing me to be a part of it. And thank you, woman of God. Uh um, I don't know what to call you. I don't know. I know you say sister. But I'm going to say kingdom woman of God, Pearl Corbin. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for God. helping out on tonight. Amen. And I turn it back over to you, Evangelist. Wow, the Spirit's really, truly been moving tonight. And Hallelujah. I've been, I actually been praying for what God was prophesying through you about God using my heart is in. I love to evangelize, but I feel like I'm to minister through music, and I love to sing but I've been praying for God to use me in a new way yes, and to God. give let me write my own songs and, my and God. 
God was letting you actually the prayers I've been praying to him. So that really blessed me. And I truly believe Noah is going to be a worshiper and a singer too. And Amen. he's had things prophesied over his life. I think he's going to be my little singing partner, my worship buddy. But um, Sister Pearl, if you feel led to still share, I want to tell all of our listeners, as long as if you're if you're listening on live stream, we only are allowed two hours on the Internet. But if you call in on the phone lines, it's 626-696-8607. Again, 626-696-8607. If the feed drops on the Internet, if you get in before um, – well, I think it is. I'm trying to look at the time here. Um, it's 8:38 here. It's 9:38 there. Um, mm-hmm. But you can still listen, and it records, and it's on the on demand. But it's whatever you fill in, let let in, Sister Pro, what you want to do tonight. And I'm just going to leave that to you, how you're feeling, later, <laughs> if you want to share on some of the things been spoken, because I trust you. I, I've worked Amen. with you for a long time, and I know you're a woman Amen. of faith that lets the spirit lead. So. Amen. Amen. So praise God. What a tremendous night we have had together in the presence of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Um, Just so much, so rich, so full. I was going to speak on Ruth, but we only have like literally 20 minutes left. So I think what I'm going to do is just maybe just give some highlights on her. And um, what I was sensing from the Lord is how it's going to relate it to where we all are right now in this season that God has placed all of us in. But before I even get there, I just want to really thank both of you, wonderful women of God, uh, Evangelist Montel, so encouraged with that word on Sarah. I'm listening and I'm personalizing a lot of this for myself because I don't mind how long you've been in the Lord. Um, there's always things we're praying for, believing God for, and when the word of God is brought out with such an anointing, it's like you're hearing it fresh all over again. So I really want to thank you for that event, Montel. And then Prophetess Carmen, oh, my goodness, with that word on, on Queen Esther, it was just so rich, so, so good in so many aspects. And what a blessing. I'm sure that so many of the listeners um, have been blessed and stretched in their faith. And the prophetic word that was given to uh, the woman of God, Evangelist Montel, and I'm believing that you're going to receive all of that good word that was given to you through the prophetess. Thank so you, I'll just Sister take Pearl. a few minutes. Amen, amen. And God will. I, I confirm what uh, uh, our sister prophetess Carmen said, that God has so much in store for you. You, you have no even idea. It's beyond. He said he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. And we, we can think and ask for a lot of things. So you can just imagine God's going to surpass that. <laughs> That's Thank the kind God. of God that we serve. So I think what I'll do is in 20 minutes, I'm going to try to um, quickly talk about Ruth in the Bible because that's what I was asked to do, speak about Ruth. And I see Ruth as a woman of integrity. I believe that the book and the character of Ruth is very relevant to our present time and experience in the year 2020. The very first sentence of the book of Ruth begins with, now it came about in the days when the judges governed that there was a famine in the land. That's found in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. Or as Liz Curtis Higgs wrote in the the girl still got it. That's a book she wrote, Take a Walk with Ruth and the God Who Rocked Her World. She says this, 
Various troubles can bring crops to a halt. Too little rain in the growing season, too much rain in the harvest season, and hungry locusts and caterpillars in any season. However, this famine was no accident of history, but the outworking of God's covenant promise. Thirteen made generations earlier to Abraham. By the time of our story, Abraham's descendants are playing fast and loose with God's favor. A constant refrain echoes through the book of Judges, which spans more than 300 years. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. I mean, those exact words appear six times that they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. How stubborn can people be? Sorry, Lord, I know the answer to that one all too well. God takes no pleasure in our suffering. But he takes even less pleasure in our unfaithfulness. So when the Israelites of old forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, worshiping instead the gods of their Canaanite neighbors, they provoked the Lord to anger. How deeply did his anger burn? Hot enough to singe the ground. The last biblical famine had occurred during Joseph's time, and God had put that one in motion too. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. So that's the end of the quotation from Liz. Now, I heard a lot of people in the last couple of months quoting from Second Chronicles chapter 7, and they quote verse 14 and 15. But what they fail to quote is verse 13. Because in verse 13, God says clearly that he's the one that will send the locust. And he's the one that will send this, or he's the one that will send that. So I'm going to be honest. In reading Ruth all over again, even though I've read this passage down through the decades, it has suddenly taken on new life. It seems especially relevant to the day and time in which you and I live. When the whole world has been dealing with COVID-19 and streets to an unprecedented extent, like us, all of the characters in this story of Ruth were placed in some very hard times, times they probably had not encountered before in their lifetime, similar to you and me that's listening to this radio broadcast right now. We have not encountered anything like the year 2020 before. So now the Jewish man, Elimelech, being the head of his household, decided he was going to leave his house in Bethlehem, Judah, where the famine was, and go to Moab, where there was food. However, while Elimelech's name means, my God is king, apparently he did not really honor God as the king of his life. For we read no mention of him calling out to God and inquiring of God what he should do in the time of famine. Obviously, not all of his neighbors left to pursue greener pastures, as he did, or the Bible would have recorded such. So Elimelech basically, on his own decision, decided to go down to Moab. The realistic nature of the story is established from the start through the names of the participants, the husband and father, Elimelech, meaning my God is king. And his wife is Naomi. Her name means pleasing. But after the debts of her sons Malon and Chilion, 
she asked to be called Mera. I'm going to explain that real fast. Sometime after Elimelech goes to Moab with his wife, Naomi, and their two sons, he dies. So now he goes to Moab, and soon he's dead. And Naomi is now a widow. She lives with her two sons. Subsequently, the sons took wives for themselves from Moab. Moab was not like Israel. Moab was a heathen land. It was a pagan land. They all lived together. This is Naomi, her two sons, her Moabite daughter-in-laws. They lived there approximately 10 years. But then Malon, whose name really means sickness, and Chulion, whose name means wasting, they both died. Naomi was devastated. She now had not only lost her husband, but her two sons as well. Now, this, this, these are the kinds of things, I just want to throw this in, that can happen when we get out of the will of God and we decide we've got a plan and we're going to work our plan. Now, by that time, Naomi had heard that God had smiled on Bethlehem Judah. The famine had ended, so she started to return with her two daughter-in-laws back to the land of Israel. However, on the way back, Naomi, whose name meant pleasing, and now wanted to be called Mara, meaning please call me bitterness, while returning back to her homeland with her two Moabite daughter-in-laws, Naomi requested that her two daughter-in-laws return to their Moabite families. At first, both Orpah and Ruth, those were the names of the daughter-in-laws, they said, no, we will not leave you. We're going to return with you to your land. However, when Naomi explained the reality that even if she were to go back, get remarried, and bear children, she would not be able to provide sons for the women, since it would be too long for them to wait. At that point, Orpah kissed her mother-in-law Naomi and returned to her Moabite people. A little quick background information on the Moabites, they worship false idols, uh, and the main gods was called Shemosh. The Moabites even sacrificed children to their pagan gods and did things totally contrary to the ways of God's people, Israel. That's a word for you and I that are listening right now. That's a word for us. We need to be careful who we align ourselves with in these days. It is so critical that we align ourselves to God and we align ourselves to his ways, his precepts, and to his will. However, her other daughter-in-law named Ruth, she was of a totally different conviction. Listen to what she tells her mother-in-law from Ruth chapter 1, verse 14 to 19. Then she said, Behold, this is Naomi, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. In other words, you go and be with your sister-in-law, follow the same way she's doing. Ruth said, do not urge me, or don't ask me, don't beg me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God. Listen to this. And your God, because something about the God of Israel, Ruth had determined, and the Spirit of the Lord opened up to her mind, that this is the only true and living God. 
So Ruth makes a declaration of faith right there. She says, your God will be my God. Very different from some other parts of scripture where uh, we find that the people will say to their master or their mistress, we'll pray to your God. But they didn't claim the God of Israel to be their God. But here we see Ruth is saying to Naomi, your God will be my God. And then she says, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. So this woman is serious. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything, but death parts you and me. I want to say at 949 in this message, you and I, woman of God, because I know it's a lot of women listening, even if you're a man and you're listening to this broadcast, if you belong to Jesus, you and I must have that kind of a commitment to God in this hour, that if we perish, like we heard Prophetess Carmen talk about Queen Esther, we perish. And now we hear Ruth say, if I die, I will die. Because if you die, I die. If you're buried, I'll be buried where you're buried. Your God is going to be my God. And, and, and may the Lord do to me and worse if anything but death parts you and me. I want to say that Ruth represents loyalty. Ruth represents integrity. And in this hour, July the 16th, or whenever you listen to this, on demand, it's still going to be 2020 when it was broadcast. You and I have to have that kind of a commitment with Almighty God that we say, God, I am with you for the long run. It doesn't matter if there's famine in the land, if there's not famine in the land. Not everybody left Bethlehem, Judah. Elimelech left, and then he took his wife and his sons. But a lot of people did not leave. Why? Hopefully they were listening to the orders of God. And so now we see that both the women, Naomi and, and, and Ruth, her daughter-in-law, they go back. We talked tonight about waiting. I heard uh, Prophetess Carmen say that uh, in, in Sarah's experience, she waited on God till she was at least 90. Can you imagine that? to have her first child, the promised child. This is the posture which you and I must take in this critical season. We must stay loyal to the Lord, be willing to go with the Lord even to death. Sarah waited on God's promise. Esther waited on God's promise. Now, Ruth, unlike Sarah, we, we only know of Sarah having one husband. We only know of Esther having one husband. Ruth had two husbands. I'm going to tell you about the second one real soon. Ruth had a husband, and then her husband died. And then you're going to see in a couple of minutes, she was challenged to marry an older man. Prophetess Carmen talked about use your voice. Well, you may think that because you're a woman, God cannot use you the same way that he can use a man. But please know that it is not about our flesh. It's not about our male flesh or a female flesh, because it's not by any flesh. It's not by flesh. It's, it, 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 it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith God. It's about God's purposes, his plans, and the will of God. God uses both his sons and his daughters. The enemy knows this, and he uses both. 
Satan has no problem in using men and using women. The founders of a group which the entire world has heard about in these past couple of months are all women. Lives Matter, that's a group that I think the entire world has heard about that group, that organization. Everybody in all the different continents around the globe. Well, they were, uh, that's a three women founded that group. They're Marxist women, two of them are lesbians, and the other one is an avowed feminist. But what am I saying that for? I'm saying that anybody can be used. We're going to be used either for good or we're going to be used for evil. Let's endeavor that we're going to be used for good. Amen? We're going to be used for good. Just keep in mind, God is not concerned about your gender, whether you're a man or a woman. He's concerned about your heart and your availability to God. Now, I'm not saying that men are like women and women are like men. We're vastly different. And men are to be the leaders and men are to be the priests of their homes. But there is a position that God has for women as well. Because we're talking about women in the Bible. We studied about Sarah. There would have been no Isaac had there been no Sarah. There would be no deliverance for the whole Israelite people had there been no Esther. And there would be no King David had there been no Ruth. So God uses men and he uses women. But let's fast forward. Now Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, they're back now in Naomi's homeland. They're back in Bethlehem, Judah. And uh, Naomi's very concerned that uh, her daughter-in-law has no husband. And so she's trying to make good by her. And she's looking out for her. And she's saying, I want you to go down and I want you to glean in a field so that you can get some kind of food for us to to live by and eat. And I want you to not just glean anywhere, but I want you to go to where I have some family and they have some land. To fast forward, of course, Ruth being a very loyal and good daughter-in-law, she did exactly as her mother-in-law, Naomi, had advised. And she met a man by the name of Boaz. God help me in this five minutes. Boaz is going to be her kinsman redeemer. Remember, he's family. He's related to her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Boaz told her, he saw her gleaning in his field, and she fell on his on her face in humility before him. And she tells him, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? Because she was a Moabitess. Boaz replied to her, all that you've done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me. And how you left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and you came to people that you did not previously know. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. I want to let you know, women of God, that God sees you. There's nothing about you that's hidden to him. He knows your hardships. He knows your heartaches. He knows your tears. 
He knows when you work hard to do the right thing. He knows when you want to be pleasing to God. And even if nobody else sees it, even if nobody else can, can even say thank you or God bless you, I want you to know that God, he is your true kingsman redeemer, and he sees exactly what you've been doing, what's happening, and he's going to make provision for you. Just as we heard for our sister Montel is going to receive all the provision that she needs for her precious little Noah that God himself provided. In Ruth chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now Naomi had a kingsman of her husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Ruth 2, 2. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. And she said, Go, my daughter. Ruth 2, 8. Boaz said to Ruth, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not glean in another field. In this hour, God is telling us, Do not go to glean in anybody else's fields but God's. Do not go and look for your help anyplace else but from God. Do not think that your help is going to come from the government or from this person, from that person, from this corporation, from that corporation. Your help comes from God. Amen. Ruth 2.22 Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his maids so that others will not fall upon you in another field. God is looking out to take care of you, to provide for you, to make provision for you. To make a long story short, Ruth, even though she was probably younger than Boaz, she realized that God was doing something. Her mother-in-law certainly realized that God was doing something. And she told her daughter-in-law, go and I want you to go and be where Boaz is. And to make a long story short, Boaz took his skirt and covered Ruth. In other words, that signified that I'm going to take care of you and I will marry you. Even though there was another relative closer in in blood relationship than uh, who Boaz was, but that person was not willing to take the responsibility of actually marrying Ruth and uh, bring a family to Ruth's um, husband that had passed on. But Boaz married Ruth. And Ruth became the mother of Obed. And to make a long story short, she's in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ because Obed became the father of King David. And David is in the generation of Jesus Christ. God has a plan for every one of you. May God help us to be women of God like Ruth, loyal and full of integrity. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Evangelist Montel. God bless you, my beautiful sister. That was really powerful, and you did that in a great way in that little bit of time. But um, next time I'm going to have you um, kick off, and I want you ladies to pray because I want some of you that are able to be on faithfully, and then we could add other women in. I won't always speak, but I do like to it take great my host. Speak. Well, I I love to, but I also like my women to share. But I love you both so much, and I truly believe God's going to do great things to these broadcasts. And also, Brother Roy, my dear brother in Christ from Canada, he was on the night we did the prayer broadcast. He has a Men's United for Christ program as well. He's already did one of his, so the men are getting together as well. And 
Um, they're doing some things, and God's doing a lot of things. We have pioneer ministry, pioneering uh, ministries on with us now, and praise God, my beautiful sister Dipsy from Bangladesh. We have a Bengali Amen. broadcast. Thank you, God, for what you are doing. And you women be praying if you want to feel led to talk to, about some more women in the Bible. I would like for Sister Pearl, I really feel led in my spirit, um, for you to seek God and see what you think our next topic should be in three weeks. And I do believe, Amen. are you going to be on this Sunday uh, on your regular yes, program? I in am, word? God willing, yes. Okay, yes. I wanted to confirm I'm that. part two of Christ in the midst, in the midst of crisis. Part two. That had a great response, sister. And also, Prophetess Carmen, um, aren't you going to be doing part two um, of your program as well, uh, The Women Walking Worthy? Yes, and I just want to apologize. But I want to say um, when you do do uh, the women program that you just did tonight, I am personally giving you my full time uh, woman of God, Pearl, because I that's that's just, fine. You you that's take my fine. time, and because you know what, I have a powerful ministry, and you just drop all of that knowledge and all of that power and all of what God put in you in twenty minutes. So you know what, Amen. may the Lord bless you with double in the name of Amen. Jesus. Amen. So the next topic, as as you just said, uh, for her to come up with that. And you know what? May the Lord bless you when you get ready to do that, because I believe he's going to mightily use you, woman of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I receive that in Jesus' name. No worries, Prophetess Carmen. One thing we always believe in is letting go and letting the spirit lead. Amen. Sister Pearl's a very loving, that's how she operates, too, is in the spirit. And we never know how God's going to move or what he's going to do. And I believe Personally, that might be why my cousin wasn't on here tonight, because God, that was a powerful message, and that was a prophetic flow, my sister, so no worries. It really Don't was. Don't stress. It, I've been on with other women, even on other radios. When the spirit leads, you you don't, I don't stop that. You don't I, quench, I don't, you don't quench it. No, I sure Amen. don't, because you can't put a time on the spirit, so no worries whatsoever, because mm-hmm. what God used you in a powerful way tonight, sister, and look how we ended up using you at the end there sister pearl praise god it's exciting (laughs) because honestly i needed that word i'm telling you ladies the enemy was attacking today i even messaged prophetess carmen and i was like man a part of me feels like i should reschedule but god's like no you just go on my little baby noah my bed is really high up and we have hardwooded floors and my mm-hmm. granddaughter was laying beside him, and he had just fallen mm-hmm. to sleep. And to make a long story short, my sweet little no wound up in the floor on his chest and his stomach. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, thank God, I know angels were with him. He's fine. Amen. He scared him, but Amen. I know God had his hands on him. But all day, the enemy has been trying. My laptop froze. I could. It took me about two hours oh, longer goodness. than normal to prepare the like the actual program for tonight it's been one attack after the other but as i keep telling the enemy kick rocks because we're overcomers through christ God kept and i know why the the word that went out tonight was so powerful i was so blessed god confirmed Amen. something tonight through the word that i've been praying about and that's also been spoke over me 
And I've learned, you know, that's another reason I love these programs, because we can learn from our seasoned brothers, sisters in Christ. And I love the knowledge that you two have. I consider you some of my mentors because I've been serving God all my life, Mm -hmm. but God uses us all in different ways. And iron sharpens iron. And I love learning from my brothers and sisters. I like to get fed myself. I like to sit back sometimes and receive because I know that I needed the word today. I needed the encouragement today. And I know so many others do as well. So I I know Mm -hmm. God had a complete will and way tonight. So Prophetess Carmen, no worries whatsoever. (laughs) Amen. And Sister Pro's an amazing woman of God. And it was a beautiful broadcast for our first broadcast here, Women United Mm. for Christ. Um, We will be on, this program will be on the third Thursday of every month. That's what God has led me in. So I'm obedient in Mm. what he leads me in. That gives us time to pick a topic, to prepare, to collaborate. And then again, this Sunday evening, Sister Pearl is going to be back on um, at it's seven. Is it seven o'clock central and eight eastern? Yes. Is that correct, Sister Pearl? That's I wanted correct. to get it That's right. Correct. And what was your date to Prophetess Carmen? I've been trying to keep track of everything. I've had so much going on with court <laughs> and everything, but yours will it be next week. I do believe that's correct. It's um, going to be July 20th, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Well, praise God. I think everyone. So that's Monday. Monday. (laughs) Okay. I was thinking that was Mm -hmm. coming up. And also, I started a new um, email, too, for anyone that wants to reach out and maybe you want to be on the program because I'm always looking for other people to be on to share. It's a platform open to everyone that's true believers in Christ that's sharing the true message of the cross and the word of God. Or if you want to comment about one of our programs or reach out to one of the other ministers, you can uh, send me an email at it's simple reaching out radio at hotmail.com. Or you can reach me out to me too on um, Facebook on reaching out radio international as well. But sister Pearl, I feel led to have you to pray us out tonight and sister my sister in Christ, Prophetess Carmen, thank you so much for that powerful word and being thank obedient you. to the Spirit. Amen. And thank Beautiful. you, everybody. I've been, I try to um, communicate with people as the broadcasts are going as well because some people reach out on Facebook, and Sister Pearl does well with that too, and I appreciate that. And most people that work on here with me do, but I think it's important to interact with the people if we are able so um, mm-hmm. thank you all again for listening tonight on Reaching Out Radio International. Thank you, my two beautiful sisters, for being on. Thank you, God, for what you are allowing us to do because Amen, without Jesus. you do this. Amen. This is we're just willing mm-hmm. vessels, God. This ministry is your work, and we're just surrendering ourselves to you to be used and humbling ourselves, yes, God, because all glory truly goes on to you, Father God, and. I'm so excited to all our new listeners all over the world, and may God just continue to take us forth. I love you all so much, and I appreciate, before I have you close out, Sister Pearl, I just really, truly want to say, and it's tears of joy, how much I appreciate everyone praying for my husband and I on our journey with our adoption for Noah, because we've been seeing God do such amazing things, and uh, when it's all said and done, God may even have me write a book, sisters, because our, our journey has been so amazing and powerful. But 
having you all pray for us, stand in agreement for us. Sister Pearl, for the things you've done for Noah, and Sister Carmen, for all your prayers. I love you all so much. You're part of his family just as much as we are, and he's Amen. precious. He's a gift, and uh, mm-hmm. how blessed am I that God chose me and my husband to be his parents, and God's a good God, and I just he's a faithful God, and keep praying because I know God's got a plan for Noah. I, I see he absolutely I see the call, does. He's got a call mm-hmm. on his life, and uh, it tears me joy. I know it when he's in the car and worship music playing, and he sits and he sings in his little seat, and I I can just see it. God's going to use him, and I'm claiming that. Thank you, God. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are just so in awe of who you are. There is no one like you in the entire universe. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you for your love. And God, we thank you for even this program tonight. We thank you for the woman of God, Evangelist Montel, that you placed uh, this vision in, in her to have the Reaching Out Radio program that reaches literally around the world in, in, in all of the major continents, Lord God. Thank you for people that are able to hear the word of God. Maybe that they don't have that opportunity uh, regularly where they live, but they can tune in and they can hear this through the Internet, Lord God. We just want to bless you. Thank you for what happened tonight. Thank you for the word that was brought through Evangelist Montel to talk about uh, the mother, um, one of the great mothers of our faith, Sarah. Thank you, Lord God, for what Prophetess Carmen spoke on another great woman of God, Esther, Lord Jesus, that was able to use the view coming from obscurity to be the queen in Israel, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank, well, not in Israel, but in that land where she was. And thank you, Lord God, for Ruth that was a Moabitess. Thank you that you look at what people will despise. And you have a greater plan for us, and you make us something when we were nothing. And we're so grateful, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, along with my sister Carmen, uh, as we've been praying and believing you for great things for uh, Evangelist Montel and her husband and her family. And thank you for this beautiful little baby boy, Noah. Thank you that I can identify with um, Montel because I, I also been privileged to be able to have a gift literally sent from heaven above in the person of my daughter that you gave me, Lord God, at three months of age. So I thank you for the miracles that you wrought that I can have her, and now she's three years old. And Father, I thank you that the same way that you answered miracle upon miracle, uh, difficulty upon difficulty that we went through, and now you brought us to this place, I know that if you did that for us, you will certainly do that for uh, Evangelist Montel, her husband, and for beautiful little Noah. The plans that you have for us are far greater than anything that we can come up with or think for ourselves. And so we thank you for every provision that will be met. We thank you for the people that you will raise up to come around uh, Evangelist Montel, her family, and rally around her, that every financial need will be met and then some. Not only the need for the full adoption process, but all the, the money that are needed for the 
furtherance of the gospel around the globe, Lord God, everything is going to be met. Lord God, if she needs a new laptop, we pray that that would be taken care of. If she needs people to come and assist her in the office, that that would be taken care of, oh God. Everything. If she needs help in her home, to help her in the home so she can do more of the work of the ministry, that that will be taken care of, Lord God. We thank you for even the prophetic word that came through uh, Prophetess Carmen, that not only did she give prophetic word for Evangelist Montel, but for the listeners. And she said there were people that were believing God for answers to maybe long-time prayers. And, Father, we believe that nothing is too hard. Nothing is impossible with you. What you promise, you will surely bring it to come to pass. And that even though it might be delayed, it is not denied. And so, Father, we thank you for this new program. We thank you, Lord God, for the many women around the world that will be ministered to, edified, and even come to the kingdom as a result of this program, oh God. We pray for the men's program as well, that many, many people will come to know the Lord. Many men, Lord God, will come to know the Lord because of the men's program. We do pray for our evangelist, Darlene Morgan, that we have not heard from. We're going to thank you in faith, believing that there's nothing wrong with her, that everything is fine, and maybe it was just a misunderstanding, Lord God, or, or maybe even a lost phone or whatever. But whatever the situation is, we ask you to take care of it, and you be glorified in that situation, Father. We commit our lives to you until you return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my beautiful sister. I love you both so much. Thank you, you for your dedication you. and your support. And uh, also Amen. to remind everybody, Brother Roy will be on tomorrow night with Brother Samuel Terry as well. And they will uh, they will be speaking about Welcome Holy Spirit. And they, he does an amazing job. He's just such a humble, sweet man of God. I just love Brother Roy. He's He's a true, faithful <laughs> man of God. But thank you all again for listening tonight. God bless you. I'm going to close this out with a song. I think it's a good one that we should all do every day. Give thanks to God. For every morning when I wake up, I thank him for life of another day because not everyone is privileged to open their eyes. Give thanks because if you can hear the songs of the birds, not everybody's blessed to hear that. Give thanks because you can see the sunrise or sunset because not everyone's blessed to do that. So many people spend so much time complaining. They don't take time to count their blessings and truly see what God does in their life. If you take time to count your blessings instead of complaining and thanking God, you'd be amazed at the turnaround you have in your life. And you truly will see how blessed you are. Just a little word from the heart and some encouragement as we close out tonight. Again, I love you, my beautiful sisters. I look forward to your upcoming broadcast. And again, God, to glorify God. Things went so simple in court this week. Usually that is one of the hardest parts of the process. Thank you, Jesus. They actually cleared the whole courtroom. They cleared the whole courtroom for us. It was just mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and my the beautiful young lady that's important to us in our life. And it went so smoothly, so quickly. And it just, God's hand was in it. That's what I'm going to say. And I know, and I'm, I'm claiming it, this adoption is going to go quicker than one they've ever seen. And there's it's going to be a testimony. It's a testimony in the making. That's what um, that's what I'm saying. God's got this. Noah's ours. I already claimed that in the name of Jesus. God gave me my son. He called me to name him Noah. He told me I would have a son, and I I walked in faith and I claimed that. 
and I thank God for him, and I thank God for all of our listeners. I am so blessed in what God allows me to do on this radio platform, and I am claiming the work my beautiful sister and prophetess Carmen spoke out over me because truly I have a heart's desire to go forth and sing, but I want to write my own songs, not just do cover songs. That's what I've been praying for. So I'm receiving that tonight. Thank you for your obedience in both you ladies. God bless you all. Have a blessed, have a blessed evening and take time to give thanks and have a blessed, beautiful day tomorrow. And just take time to spend with the Lord and, Get in your word and pray and seek God because he truly desires time with us, brothers and sisters. I love you, my sisters. Good night. We love you. Bye-bye. God bless.
Good night, everybody, and God bless you.